Uh, do you say it in English? Uh, two pigeons with a stick or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> I think we do. How do you say that? Definitely, it's two pigeons with a stick. No, uh, no. How do you say that when you get two stones? <laughs> oh, kill two birds with one stone. Boom! Two birds with one stone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I much rather prefer the two pigeons with a stick. <laughs> yeah. How do you say that? Beat two pigeons to death with a stick. What's the what's the saying? <laughs> Today's episode of A Doctor, an Italian, and a Madman, we discuss conspiracy theories. What constitutes a conspiracy theory, and what are some examples? Later in the episode, David and I play a game testing out conspiracy theories on Alberto, where he has to guess which one we've made up. We conclude with a short but serious discussion on why conspiracy theories exist. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, a new episode of our adventure into podcasting. And and here with me, I have, of course, my travel companions, uh, the Doctor. Hello. And Madman. Hi. I stole your hello from last week, sorry. I don't know if that was going to be your thing. Oh my, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are, we're still having our gimmicks already? Today, well, I... I love the idea of it. I don't love what's happening in the world around us. But today we are uh, talking about conspiracy theories. Wait. That was the Twilight Zone. Is Twilight Zone a conspiracy theory or is that just interdimensional concepts? I, I believe the majority of cinema's conspiracy theories are interdimensional concepts. You see, they live from John Carpenter or uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1977. They're all like, uh, you know, out, outer space conspiracy theories. So that's why I think Twilight Zone was pretty on the spot. But uh, you can disagree. <laughs> but that was a hot take you just said, that every science fiction movie is a conspiracy theory. What if they become true, though? Well, it depends which one you're you're talking about, but like there is a we talked about this a lot of times. You know, horror movies and science fiction movies are like talking about what happens around us and the world around us, and then they try to explain it with uh, with things that cannot be relatable uh, to us. But if you look into it a bit more, then you realize that they're actually talking about our world. Hmm. So I don't know if you've ever seen it, Dave, but uh, they live. No. With Rowdy Ronnie Piper, the wrestler. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, also for example, they live is uh, a movie about uh, a guy who gets a pair of sunglasses, and all of a sudden he realizes that the world that he lives in is actually um, governed by aliens from another dimension who tell you what to do. Hmm. Wait, is that the is that the movie where he's like, I I'm only good at two things, kicking ass and I'm here to do two things to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anyway, uh, we're not talking about movies this time, uh, even though it's our passion, but we're actually talking about uh, so we're trying to define what makes a conspiracy theory a conspiracy theory. And if there are any good ones out there. You know, I honestly don't like conspiracy theories. Like, they don't fascinate me. For me, they absolutely fascinate me. Um, but they have this tendency to scare the crap out of me. They fascinate me. I, I mean, I, I kind of put them in two buckets. There's like the 
the dangerous ones, like 5G gives you hives or whatever. But then also the fun ones, like, you know, aliens invented Velcro or something like that. Those ones definitely fascinate me because they kind of say the world you thought you've been living in isn't the world you are living in. And even though it's usually full of crap for like a couple seconds, you kind of entertain it and it's, it's fun. Is that actually something? Aliens invented Velcro? No. I want to say made it up, but I think it's from a Star Trek episode. Oh. And there you go. Exactly. See how... how he... Science fiction, yeah. Let's make an example like that they actually make for really good stories, right? And then some of them actually become cinematic universes. Stargate, it's all about the idea that aliens are the ones who are helping human beings to create the pyramids, right? Hmm. That's a conspiracy theory it itself. But it comes from centuries, I believe, of ideas that alien actually helped human beings create the pyramids. Because, of course, if we actually look at the reality of it... Pyramids have a way worse story, <laughs> like the real story on <laughs> how they were made, you know? Right, right. That's a fun game, though. Like, can you make a conspiracy theory in every movie? Like, Star Wars from the non-Jedi's perspective, and all these people talking about this mystical force that they probably don't believe? Is that kind of a conspiracy theory? Because, you know, in the original trilogy, they, they don't believe that the force exists, right? Outside of, like, Obi-Wan and Vader. Which is mind-boggling to me that as a collective galaxy, all of a sudden, after 30 years, lost the knowledge <laughs> that the Force existed. Yeah. Which... Or not even that. 20 years. It was 20 years because, like, what, Luke and Leia were in their 20s? Maybe even younger, but, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's almost like it wasn't planned from the beginning. <laughs> so, for example, I like the idea of, like, conspiracy theories in, uh, like, in the movies, etc. I loved, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite uh, type of... Uh, uh, movies the one that there's like uh, this state that governs uh, the Socratic state that governs uh, and you don't even realize it it's like George Orwell 1984 you know dictatorship but when I turn it on real life I honestly have to say I I might like the conspiracy theory I don't like the attitude of people who perpetrate the conspiracy theory itself mm. there you go it is pretty cringy. So if I talk about my experience, kind of quotation marks, researching this topic, I found that there was a consistency across. I, I dug deep. I went down a rabbit hole a couple nights ago and I went into our conspiracy on Reddit. It was a really dark night. I, ha I woke up having like panic dreams. There's like certain aspects of it, the, how they speak. It's really, really scary. They know something the rest of the world doesn't. And there's so much in belief that it is true. That they talk in an arrogance that you're just like, whoa, whoa, calm down. Like, this is not true. It's an opinion, maybe. Mm -hmm. And not an exact. And then they speak in this way, like, do the research and you'll find this. Or yeah. only the people that are actually searching for it will find the truth kind of thing. There's always kind of a, a bit of a condescending vibe to it, right? Like, you're, oh, you, you simple person. You don't get it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've always hated this concept. And first of all, I'm, I'm opinionated, so I'm going to just say it. Majority of people who are, who are like doing these conspiracy theories, most of, most of the time, I don't know, they, they sound like, I always hated the elitarian concept of going like to a club and you cannot come in because you're not dressed that way, you know, places where people go so that they can have like some kind of social status and you're not invited. 
Conspiracy theories, the attitude of people that have conspiracy theories are exactly the same as you said. Condescending, arrogant pricks. They go in and and you're like and you're like uh, no, I just based myself to on the facts. And you're like and they scoff at you like, oh, you're watching the news. Well, you're just a moron then, cause the news it's all bullshit. And I'm like, yo, what? I got time. I don't have all that time. You know what I mean? Where did you get that from? What do you mean? The statement that it is a, it's the result of lack of evidence. Because then I have something to bring up about that. Well, I was looking at certain... Uh, so I read a couple of papers and there was a couple of YouTube videos. Actually, for everybody who wants to make a culture, there's this crash course uh, YouTube channel, which is amazing. And they were talking... Were they paying us for this advertisement? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're going to pay us. <laughs> but I... I really recommend it. And they were telling, like, one of the main things is that it has to be, there has to have lack of evidence or very poor evidence about it. Because if not, it just becomes a theory after that. And this is a really interesting example. Conspiracy theory that's way old, but a conspiracy theory that caught fire and became a theory based on lack of evidence is uh, the persecution of witches. Mm -hmm. There was no evidence that these women were witches, but people were burning them on stakes because they thought they were witches and the majority of them thought about it. So it became a theory and not a conspiracy theory anymore. It wasn't a group of people. And then they, they started burning witches. That's interesting. I had not considered witches a conspiracy theory, but... Yeah, it makes sense. Now it's just a part of our history. Exactly. So I was trying to think by that definition, are there some... Theories that started off as conspiracy theories, but are now widely accepted. Like they originally didn't have evidence, but now they're accepted as being true. Well, the earth is round. Yeah. That, that was a conspiracy theory. No, well, sorry, not the earth is round, but the earth revolves around the sun. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was a conspiracy theory that then became a theory because the evidence was coming up and then somebody could not uh, had to accept that theory as true instead of uh, as, uh, accepting theirs as uh, the true one, right? So Yeah. So I think that gets into a scary thought because all conspiracy theories that exist right now potentially could be true. <laughs> and we are part of the deluded masses that haven't accepted the truth and we're just going along in our drone-like ways. These people who believe in them are actually... The ones that, you know, will be a popular understanding later on. Yeah, I, I guess like the the earth around the sun is a I'm just comparing my mind to the flat earth because I guess earth around the sun, there was evidence just that people didn't accept it at the time. Yeah. So I guess that's a bit of a, a difference. Like the flat earth, there's absolutely no evidence, right? Does flat earth fall under conspiracy theory or is it just an alternate interpretation of truth because there, and the reason i thought about this is because whenever i go from edmonton to calgary if you travel past leduc there's this big sign called it has just flat earth society and it struck me as being that it's not because it's testable and the people who believe it or propagate the theory can test it themselves yeah yeah whereas something like reptiles are running the world there's not really a way to test that the way they've set it up, right? 
Yeah, unless you get a bunch of people and force them to change back into reptiles. <laughs> but I don't know, like, ethically speaking, if you could do that. And who knows? They're probably trained. To what? To, do what? to withstand interrogation. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, maybe they're... Like, what, what reptile are we thinking that? Also, one thing that I always hated is that they don't explain anything. Like, they're like, oh, they're reptilians from another planet. All right, which is the planet... What's the reptile? Are they chameleons? <laughs> it makes sense that they're chameleons to me, right? Because they're like shape You're asking too many questions. I'm asking too many questions. I'm... But, so, hold on. Let's get into that part a second. Let's go back to the, mm-hmm. the thing. So, it it is based on lack of evidence. It has to have lack of evidence because if not, it becomes real. And or, if it has even a minimum evidence, then it becomes a theory. What if there's evidence to the contrary? Well, then it's a debate. Yeah, I mean, uh, then it becomes uh, then then it becomes normal science. What do you mean by evidence to the contrary? Like, so you're saying for it to be conspiracy theory, there has to be no evidence of it. But what if there's evidence against it, like with flat Earth against? Again, I'm thinking. <laughs> to me, flat Earth, it, it's incomprehensible for me to believe into it because there's so much evidence to support. I mean, you go on a plane and you can see the curvature of the horizon. That's just the windows, man. It's the curve of the windows. <laughs> yeah, but if you move your head, the curvature doesn't change. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think with Flat Earth, the conspiracy comes in with the cover-up, right? Because I think they also think that NASA's in on it, and then governments are in on it, too. Good good job, Dave, because another aspect... Uh, oh, thank you. It's no, no, yeah, no, because you're getting into it. Another aspect that I saw about conspiracy theories is that somebody has to take advantage of something. Mm. Conspiracy theories right now, there's always somebody who's taking an advantage. Unfortunately, the majority of time, I don't know why this is a thing that I didn't evolve into. That majority of time, conspiracy theories are attached to anti-Semitism. I don't know fucking why, what's happening there. But that has been from the dawn of time. I don't know why. Jewish people were accused yeah. of creating the plague. You know, there's no fucking evidence out of it. And still they're accused of so many things now. You know what I mean? So speaking, I just want to go back here for a second on the flat earth concept. Do you guys remember or recall a name? And this happened this past year. It was like the just before the pandemic. He died February 22nd, 2020. That's really weird. There's a lot of twos in that. (laughs) There's a lot of twos. Well, if you draw a line between two points, it's a flat line. That's what? Whoa, whoa! <laughs> what? We just made a conspiracy theory here. But his name is Michael Hughes. He's known as the Daredevil or Mad Mike Hughes. He was an American limousine driver and professed flat earther. I will not accept any theory from somebody who's like Duke Daredevil. <laughs> that lost me immediately. But go ahead. <laughs> But he designed his own self-bit steam rocket. Yeah, I'm out. And he was trying... (laughs) He was trying to prove that the world was flat by building his own rocket (sighs) and tried to shoot himself into space, and it didn't go well. So you're just saying to me that Evil Knievel decided to (laughs) prove if the Earth was flat. Okay, That's Dr. Knievel to you. Dr. Knievel, sorry. (laughs) So it didn't go well. What happened to him, Liam? Uh, He died. Oh, no way! Yeah. <laughs> in his rocket? Uh, on Wikipedia, it says, yeah, he crashed his rocket while piloting it. Is it because he didn't take the curvature of the Earth into consideration? 
Maybe. I don't know. Oh, man. I mean, honestly, kudos. Fuck it. You, you believe it so much, you're willing to die? Congrats. You know what? Better than any troll in the internet. So congratulations for that. Yeah, rocketry is a tough, like, amateur hobby. It's tough to just take up casually. I think there's a movie on it, a documentary called Rocket Man, Mad Mike's Mission to Prove the Flat Earth. I'm going to check that out. Did you guys ever see that documentary about the person who wanted to get swallowed by an anaconda live on TV? No. That's a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he had a camera and a microphone. And then he, I think he wrapped himself in something that he wanted to get eaten by an anaconda. I, I don't remember how it ended. Was that his porn fetish or something? Or... <laughs> it might have been, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's go back let's go back a second on track with this. Yeah, we're getting to the, the bit of definition here. So we like people connected to each other. So they have to have a group. There has to be a group of people. There has to be lack of evidence or not that much evidence at all, or evidence that has to be like it can be misinterpreted. Let's say that. But then, it's always someone bigger is pulling the strings. There has to be someone mm. who's benefiting from this conspiracy. You were saying, Dave, NASA with Flat Earth. For some reason, they're benefiting from uh, the Earth being... Uh, yeah, it seems like the opposite, right? Cause, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys think about the someone bigger is pulling the string? Is that a main thing of any of, any of these conspiracy theories? I believe so, yes because more of the conspiracy theories that I've read over the last couple of weeks, they infer that someone has intentions to hide or cover up or alter the truth of something. And the masses then believe that. And someone's trying to then challenge that it is the truth based on the fact that someone else is putting this veil over everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that fits with my idea of it too. The flat earth one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I don't know why. Regardless if the earth is flat or spherical, uh, it doesn't really affect my day to day. See, this is the thing. With the flat earth one, we'll, we'll just a, a bit little bit. I don't understand who's benefiting or why Antarctica doesn't exist. So there's this theory. I was talking with my brother-in-law about this. And he actually read a book on conspiracy theories that his brother had given him. Is that you, Liam? And you just you don't want to say that you read. He came. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, and this is his kind of version of like why? Because I asked the question, well, why do pro, why do conspiracy theories like flat Earth exist? And then, yeah, like or anti-vaccination, all these other things. And he came up with this kind of concept that, well, how then? Do you select parts of the population that are really good at then taking that information and disseminating it? Oh. And so in its own conspiracy theory, the evil power here is looking for people who believe in flat earth. Then they take those people, feed them other information, their own other misinformation, and those people then propagate that information and so on. So they, they create these like weird things, these weird groups, these weird concepts to find those people that will naturally mm. gravitate towards them. That's that's interesting. And that in my mind that's fucking dark. Really really dark. Yeah. And I mean, I have I feel like I was going through the list of things that make people susceptible to believing in conspiracy theories and I'm pretty sure most grad students and myself included fall kind of into those categories. 
Which one? The conspiracy theories. Oh. I don't fall into any category of conspiracy theory. I'm a very nihilist, uh, realist person. Mm. Sure you are. You're deluded mass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just Googled who benefits from Flat Earth, and I got a, got some answers. There's a guy named Daryl Marble. And I think that's his Of course name. I forgot He's about Daryl Marble. <laughs> <laughs> So he says one is NASA because they have a budget of 52 million. And then when pressed about belief in spherical earth, blah, 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 he moves to conspiracy of Jesuits, Freemasons, and the ones running Hollywood. So there's, there's your answer. Of course, yeah. But... Yeah. Jesuits So that's one big conspiracy. But, Alberto, we have a little game for you to play. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's why I couldn't research the internet. Okay, that's fun. All right. <laughs> yeah. And you can't research the internet now. So now that we've gotten to this point, you cannot look at the internet at all. Yeah. Turn off the internet. Right. But keep the stream going. The yeah, so fine. for listeners who don't know Alberto, he tends to get a bit excited about things he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which you might have already heard. Part of the goal of this game is to get him, get him really riled up. So what Liam and I have done is we each researched five conspiracy theories and we're going to go back and forth presenting them to Alberto and sort of defending them. And then we're going to get a rating on each of them from one to ten. Let's say one being plausible, ten being completely insane. One being plausible, so one being plausible, ten completely insane. Okay, gotcha. And the twist is that of these five, one of them is made up. So you also have to try and figure out which of the conspiracy theories we talk about is made up. Only one of them is made up. Mm-hmm. It's going to maybe sound like more than one, but just one. Okay, when do I, like, do I need, I'm going to hear them all and then I'm going to decide which one is uh, the one who's made up. Okay, fuck. Yeah, I think that, that's a good way to do it. So we'll give you the titles to each one and then write them mm-hmm. down. And then at the end of it, you can go back and be like, okay, what was this one? Yeah, sounds good. Let's... Fucking do this! I got you my might learn coffee. something, Alberto. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to learn all of this. Not, the, I can't learn. I can't wait to learn the world now. Uh, do you want to go first, Liam? Yeah, I'll go first. So, Alberto, there is a theory out there, and this is actually a quite interesting one because it's like kind of this double conspiracy theory on top of itself. There's a theory out there that Disney created the movie Frozen to cover up the fact or belief that Walter Disney had cryogenically froze himself. And so when people would type in online, Walt Disney frozen, they would come up with this kind of theory that the creator had somehow wanted to achieve everlasting life. He froze his head. And then when technology got good enough, he could revive himself. Yeah. Then they created, to get rid of this bad PR, Disney then actively created a hit movie called Frozen so that when people then typed in Frozen Disney, they wouldn't get that Walter had done this, but they would actually get references to the movie. So hold on a fucking, so hold on a second. <laughs> the, so does this Frozen head have, uh, like, is he, does is Disney the one that made or it's Disney PR system who said we need to catch up with the youngsters they're searching Disney Frozen we need to 
if if the the head pops out we're we're all screwed or is the head actually talking to people like in telepathy and telling them what no, to do. No, no, it's the first one. Oh, no, because that... They thought it was bad PR, I'm sorry, because what I just said so is absurd, right? Oh, because what I said is absurd. Instead, that theory is, is great. All right. Um, I gotta say... It's, um, it's pretty inventive. I can tell you that. It's pretty inventive. It's actually pretty interesting as a theory. I I knew about uh, um, Disney being frozen. I know that one. I did not know the fact that they had to come up with a whole budget for a movie and a plot and a thing just to put Frozen outside. And it went so well that they are are Frozen 2 now. They don't have to worry about people typing in Disney and Frozen and then getting their creator on this. Him being Frozen is real, right? Like, that's a real thing, right? No. That's not real. Oh, <laughs> I always thought that was real. So this is why I said that there is a double. There's a double theory here. Is like the truth is he never actually cried. Hold on, it's not true. It's not true. He didn't freeze himself. He uh, apparently is cremated uh, somewhere. The opposite. I mean, I could also be in this kind of delusion. The ashes are frozen. <laughs> yeah, the ashes are frozen somewhere. They they actually spread his ashes in Antarctica. So there's some truth. To <laughs> no, um, but apparently he was cremated. And so there's no actual, the first theory of why it would come up online, there's no actual truth to it. Hmm. I, I grew up believing that. Well. Ah, me too, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say um, from one to pl- that is plausible, 10 is bashy crazy. I, I'll give that a six. It's, uh, I mean, even let's, let's imagine, even if it's not because, um, because this, let's just say that this is not the truth, right? For people to stop searching for that, I bet this they would, you know, maybe in passant, they're like, we should call this um, Snow Blade Mountain movie. And somebody's like, no, no, let's just call it Frozen, you know, to, how do you say it in English, uh, two pigeons with a stick or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> I think we do. How do you say that? Definitely, it's two pigeons with a stick. No, uh, no. How do you say that when you get two stones? <laughs> oh, kill two birds with one stone. Boom, two birds with one stone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I much rather prefer the two pigeons with a stick. <laughs> yeah, how do you say that? Beat two pigeons to death with a stick. What's the, what's the saying? <laughs> anyway, I would say six. Like it's I, it's it's plausible. At least from a PR standpoint, it's plausible. Like, let's just throw that name in. It won't harm anybody. The company will benefit from it. Pretty good. Okay, uh, David. All right, Alberto, can you ask me what my next theory is? What's your next theory, Dave? The real question is when my next theory is. (laughs) So what would you say if I asked you what year it is right now? It's 2020. You fucking sheeple. What if I told you it was the year 1723? Hold on, I need to write that down. 17... It's Okay, so this is called the Phantom Time Hypothesis. 1723? Yes. All right, go ahead. So the theory is that the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, he wanted his reign to start in the year 1000. So basically, he added a bunch of years to the calendar that didn't exist. And the theory is that the years between 614 and 911 are entirely made up and everything that happened in that range 
never happened, including things like Charlemagne, who's a very important historical figure. Hold on. There's a guy mm-hmm. who's like a Roman emperor, and for now, everything stands, who's a megalomaniac, apparently, who's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to delete all of this. Add to it. Add to it. Bas- yeah, invent 300 years, basically. Invent 300 years. Oh, but he invented them. I think that's the theory that basically... He wrote the stories? Eh, you know, something like that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> some, yeah, some... I don't know if he is supposed to have. But I think so. Um, but basically, he wanted to be coronated on the year 1000. So he added 300 years to the to the calendar. And so all of, like, Charlemagne, etc., they're all made up by this guy. Exactly. Whether it's this guy, that's the part I'm not sure about. But yes, they never happened. And as... And he, oh, yeah, he might have also worked with Pope Sylvester II and Emperor Constantine VII from Byzantine. So the evidence for this is that this guy, it's okay, his name is Heribert Illig, the guy who came up with this theory, and he says that there aren't many historical events that happened between the years 614 and 911. He says there's a lot of Roman architecture in Europe that is supposed to have been around the 10th century, but he says that's actually too far from the fall of Rome, or Western Rome, which was in the year 475, so it must those buildings must actually be older basically you guys are making this up come on but this is this is the real one this is the one you're gonna like so for a while we used the julian calendar which is invented by caesar and it was sort of out of sync with the earth's rotation around the sun and without getting into too many details because i don't understand them basically every 128 years it was off by one day and then it was replaced by the gregorian calendar which we now use and at the point when it was replaced it should have been off by 13 days, but it was actually only off by 10 days, meaning there were three fewer days, which equates to 384 years that didn't happen. Who is benefiting from all this shit? Bullcrap. Like, who is... Otto, man. You got to be coronated in the year 1000. Oh, yeah, you're right. Otto the Emperor. No, guys, this is, uh, this is batshit crazy. Look, Liam is thinking about it. Stop it. When did the Dark Ages happen? Basically, these missing years, I think. Or they're a big, they're a big chunk of it. Oh, there's something there, Alberto. What do you mean? They're, like, nothing... Uh, oh, but this guy's also saying that nothing important happened, for fuck's sakes. I mean, this is scientific proof that the Dark Ages actually didn't occur. Then, like, the Dark Ages? Oh, this is a, that's a great period of time. Why do you want to get rid of the Dark Ages? What came out of the Dark Ages? Nothing. That's great. The, like, everybody felt like... Basically, it's exactly like 2020, but expanded for for years and years. <laughs> but you can't prove if nothing came out, then how can you prove that the Dark Ages actually happened? Yeah, have you ever seen the Dark Ages, Alberto? Yeah. Uh, no, no, but I can tell you this: uh, this is bullshit as always, and <laughs> I'm gonna give it a ten as Ooh. batshit crazy. Honestly, this is. And the, the 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 extent that this big nerd uh, with the <laughs> glasses went to. I hope it's not you guys that invented it. I don't want to insult you guys. <laughs> Are you talking about Herbert Illig? Herbert Illig, yeah. Does he have a photo? He does. What kind of facial hair would you guess he had? A neck beard. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. He has a neck beard, <laughs> but he doesn't have a proper beard. No, he has a goatee. Perfect. Oh. But like one that like expands outwards. Then for sure he's like a sinister 
part of history. Is he still alive? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got most of this info from a video that I'll post in the episode details. Is he still alive? Unless I made it up and this is all a ruse. Perfect. Is he still alive? I think he is. <laughs> okay, that's amazing, guys. That's, uh, so we got the Disney's head and... Uh, Otto, who wanted to be incarnated, so he created 300 years. That's great. Great stories. <laughs> okay, so the next one, and the title of this explains pretty much all of it. Poisonous Government Snow. <laughs> <laughs> In the southern United States, where it doesn't frequently snow, a, n- a number of Americans woke up one morning to a thick layer of snow on the ground. Instead of being normal and making a snowball out of it, they grabbed a handful of it and decided to try and burn it. <laughs> what they noticed as a result of it is that the snow didn't melt, and instead, the snow appeared to have been burning. It would just disappear and left a black mark on the snow. Okay. That's it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I need to say. Okay, so... <laughs> Like, nobody's benefiting from this uh, because I'm trying to relate it to the categories that we made before. Mm-hmm. But probably there's has been a mistake to the government. The best part is that this... Have you guys ever read the comic book? Uh, uh, it's called in Italian Letternauta. Uh, I'm going to check. It's from... Uh, which actually relates to a very big conspiracy theory. Eternauta. I'm going to check this online so I can... I can talk about it. The Eternaut. So the Eternaut is a it's a comic book made by made by this Argentinian guy that then disappeared. But the start of the comic books is that there's there's a snow coming and everybody gets killed from this glowing snow. And that's how the apocalypse starts. And then well, this the, is normal snow. Yeah, but it burns. So it's not normal snow. I want you to go outside right now, grab a, a clump of snow, burn it, and then come back. You want me to do that? Yeah, I actually, maybe, th- this might be a good time for a break to go do that. I, I can actually reach it from my window. Okay. Just careful. <laughs> While he's doing that, is, Liam, is a theory that they dropped it from a plane? I th- they, I, no, I don't know. It was just that the government had placed the snow to contaminate their water supply, which would then kill them off. Okay. So was it like dropped on a low-income area kind of thing? I don't know if it was low-income. I think it was just... It was an unusual sight for them to end up with snow in like Atlanta, Georgia. It was such a shock to them. And for how much quantity it was, is they immediately assumed the government was poisoning them. That's so interesting. I'm trying to think why snow might burn. Okay. As Alberto does his experiment. Yeah. Ah, I burned my fingers. <laughs> so is the government poisoning you, Alberto? No, the government is not poisoning me. And I bet that this thing was taken directly from the comic book I cited. So bad originality. Uh, not original at all. I'll give this. Uh, oh, but it's bad shit insane or not. You know what? Out of spite, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. So there's an actual explanation to this when people were doing it when this happened. is This is a natural occurrence. When you burn something, because butane is its own chemical, 
when you burn something, if you just do it on a piece of wood, the wood burns, but also it leaves a residue of butane on it. And the butane ends up burning and becoming black. And so what people actually notice in this clump of snow was not the snow burning, but the residue being left behind from the burnt butane. And mm. the disappearing part of the snow wasn't the fact that it wasn't melting and it was burning. I mean, us as Canadians know this, but what happens when you put water in snow? It goes into itself. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was burning away, but the, the, the residue where the water would come was actually shifting into the snow. Hmm. The more you know. So that this is actually real? <laughs> yeah, this is, well, you we don't, don't know. We don't know, but okay, I'll keep that in mind. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. That's good. That's a good one. Okay, you ready for another one? Yeah, I can't wait. Your, yours, David, right now are the ones who are very complex. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we talked about Flat Earth, but have you heard about Hollow Earth? No, can't say it. Did. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> so this is a theory, basically, that Earth is a sphere, but that it's hollow, and there are people living on the underside of it. The mole people! <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we might get there. Um... The best part about this is on the Wikipedia page, it says it was disproved tentatively in 1740 and definitively disproved in 1774. But, I mean, that's obviously nonsense. Um, so yeah, the theory is that people live on the underside of the Earth, and there are two big holes in the North Pole and the South Pole that you can go in underneath through to access the underside of the Earth. And who's living there, you might ask? So, of course, Hitler and the Nazis went there after World War II. Of course, of course. Uh, the Lost Tribe of Vikings in Greenland, which is actually a, a cool, real mysterious story. Um, and then the Ten Lost Tribes of Israel, apparently, are also there. Oh, that's going to be bad for Hitler, though. <laughs> I didn't think about that side of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and apparently humans there grow up to 15 feet. And so this is the one I researched the most, actually. So, you know how on Google Books you can get previews of books? Yeah with a bunch of pages written, taken out. So I read some books. I didn't pay for them. I just read the free previews. But there's a big proponent of this theory called Rodney M. Clough. Mm -hmm. I just like calling him Clough. Um, so you ready for some evidence? Go for it. So they discovered Chernobyl radiated dust near the South Pole. And Clough says that air in the two hemispheres don't mix. So how could it have gotten from the North Hemisphere to the South Pole? If it didn't travel through the earth what <laughs> okay that's one i'll just sit I've got, I've got a couple pieces of evidence and then i'll let you guys just disprove them so another one is that seismographic recordings of the moon suggested that it rung like a bell when it was hit by a meteor so he thinks the moon is hollow too obviously so when a meteor hit the moon it made a sound like a bell okay okay makes sense so it's also metal the moon is a, it's a 90 <laughs> the, moon, the moon is a 1920 prop from a movie. Go ahead. <laughs> Apparently people have found seeds, flowers, and plants and driftwood floating in the Arctic Ocean that come from subtropical regions. So how could they have gotten there? Obviously, through from the inside of the Earth is the theory. So these are things from the inside of the Earth that floated back to the top. He claims no airlines fly over the, the North Pole. Because they would risk flying into, because <laughs> they would risk flying into the holes. Wait, 
So no no airplane goes on the on the North Pole because if not it goes into the hole with the uh, Hitler the Vikings uh Wait, the North Pole moves, doesn't it? <laughs> That's what Clough said, yeah. With Hitler the Vikings, the uh, tribes uh, of Israel. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's some of the evidence. Clough says that UFOs are actually people from the center of the earth coming out to spy on us. Um, and there's a quote from him that I loved. It's from a Sun Online article that I composed. He says, I don't know how the flat earthers can be so confused. They are obviously wrong. The world is not flat. It's hollow. They reject all the evidence. So, so we got that conspiracy theorist who's against another group of conspiracy theorists. That's a, this is amazing. This is a, the, a duel of faith, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Oof. You'll be happy to know I, I corroborated this with another book that was written by someone, but she didn't write it. It was given to her telepathically by the head porthologist library living, <laughs> living in Catharia, which I think is on the inside of the earth. Okay, I can tell you this. I... I love the idea mm-hmm. of um, the tribe of Israel and Hitler uh, be agreeing uh, and living happily together with the Vikings, becoming pirates that steal airplanes, <laughs> visit Earth, and <laughs> hide in the hollow Earth. This is amazing for... Uh, uh, Terry Pratchett <laughs> story or any Terry Gilliam's movie. Uh, I, I, I gotta give this. Uh, I know that the authors will love me to do this, to this so I gotta give this 10 out of 10. This is bad shit insane. It's really good. Oh, um, you mentioned the authors. So I also wrote down some reviews of this book that were kind of funny. Please. One is that the scriptural Bible rubbish and too much scientific theories in it make it very boring, a complete waste of time and money. So there's too much scientific theories in this book, apparently. And another review just said, I tried to go to his website, but got a security warning. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. These are both left by the son, the five-year-old son of the author, by the way. (laughs) Clough son. And I'll just leave you with... Uh, sort of a twist. Uh, what if we are on the inside of the Earth? So there's a guy named Cyrus Teed, who Wikipedia says was an eventual cult leader, who says that we are living on the inside of the hollow Earth, and when we look up into the sky, we're actually seeing a strange mechanism that creates stars as an optical illusion. Wow. Yeah, because part of this is that there's a sun in the center of the Earth, and it. So they I think they said it has a cold side and a hot side. Oh really? It has everything. This uh, this uh, hollow side of the earth. The the sun has a cold side. Sun, or it has a, the sun has a dark side, something like that. And actually, in this book, by this per, the book that was given telepathically to this person. Oh yes. Yeah. She said that the sun on the inside of the earth is the one that actually warms us, and the sun out off of the earth gives off cold light, which I didn't know was a thing. Cold cold fusion. Wait, no, that's not the same thing. Don't go there. Don't go there, Liam. Come back with us. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Because this is what I appreciate, though, about these people. They actually create worlds, you know? This is a whole world with its own thing. Literally. Yeah. Well, you guys, first of all, you guys, if 
you've made it up, I congratulate you. Let's see the other ones, though. Okay, so the next one's a little close to home for me because I'm actually a descendant of them. There's this theory that uh, redheads or um, descendants of the Nordic humans, quotation marks, were actually descendant Nordic aliens, a humanoid extraterrestrial (laughs) that came here and interbred with the humans of the time. And they used to be extremely... Naughty, naughty aliens, basically. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. Aggressive. And as they were um, brought into our, our, our genetic pool, they eventually got rid of their violent tendencies. And now they're just hotheads. I'm going to title this Naughty Hot Red Head Aliens, correct? <laughs> Yeah. And they're from a Nordic tribe. Yeah. A Viking species from space that came here and they were described as Aryan in some aspects. Of course. And they had the ability to be telepathic. They were, I guess, benevolent, but they were physically beauty, almost like uh, heavenly creatures. Do you think someone was mispronouncing alien when they said Aryan? And that's where it comes from? Maybe. (laughs) I never thought about that. (laughs) Don't think about that. Don't think. These are all fucking connected. When you said the last one, Hollow Earth, 1740, I immediately referred to the 1723 theory. And now we're back to the Vikings that are connected to the Hollow Earth one as well. So maybe they came from inside of the Earth instead of outer space? It's Maybe they're aliens to the outside of the Earth. And this Aryan, alien, Nordic, red-headed species is now a part of us, <laughs> giving us their strengths. And this uh, this stand, extends because uh, when you look at the literature on, and I don't know why you'd actually do this, but when you look at the literature of redheads, <laughs> they do possess certain amount of different qualities that are differentiated between other humans, is they have like a higher pain tolerance. They're, apparently their, their hair count on their heads is significantly different than humans, large enough that it warrants comparison. You know what? Based on the fact that we starting to debunk alien theories and aliens are real, apparently, which I've always thought that aliens were real, but I didn't think that they were visiting Earth. I'm going to say this is uh, a five. It's half plausible. Oh, wow. The thing about these like aliens having sex with humans, what are the odds that like their chromosomes <laughs> line up with humans, right? Like that's chance, right? It's like how the, it's basically how did humans become humans? We got lucky. Yeah, chaos was a part of it, and the same thing. These aliens, they're like, oh, I like that girl. I might, <laughs> might try. Well, guess what? Uh, I can procreate. That's great. <laughs> so there's this theory that this has been around for a long time. This idea that redheads descended from an alien species that in the 1950s. The concept of this gray alien supplanted the original red-headed alien. Hmm. That now in pop culture, what we think of as aliens are gray aliens, not red-headed. Which is a conspiracy theory on itself, if you think about it. Of course, the red-headed alien species would want to have a scapegoat for themselves. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's why I made it more plausible. What's next? Okay, so my third theory, conspiracy theory... Is that it's possible to get a job in academia. Oh, oh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, 
<laughs> that one hurts a little. <laughs> oh, yeah, very much. Okay, so I wanted to have one that was kind of related to language. So I did find this one, which is kind of interesting. It's the idea that there is a 27th letter in English that either the church or the government has sort of hidden from us. Okay, so this one kind of builds up. It starts off kind of plausible and then gets kind of insane. The plausible part is that in Old English, you have this letter that kind of disappeared at some point. So in Old English, there was this letter that kind of looked like a squiggle. So far, pretty reasonable. Yeah. By the time you get to Middle English, which is after the about 1150, it's gone. And from Reconstructions, people think it's called a palatal frictive, which sounds like kind of a gross sound. And the reason people think that is it shows up in words like sharp and shield, which would have made sense that it comes from this. So, so you're, you're pronouncing them incorrectly. It's like sharp and shield. shield. Okay, gotcha. That's the idea that at one point that's how they were pronounced. Okay, so there was this letter, this sound that used to exist in English and it went away. So that, that's not that controversial. But the idea of why it went away is that the church outlawed it and made it a sin to pronounce this sound. It's, it's, what makes sense. So it's this guy, Walter Gill, who said that, why would they have outlawed the sound? Because it was present in evil words and powerful words. So one theory is that the actual name of Satan isn't Satan, but it's Satan. And instead of Lucifer, it's Lucifer. And basically, by taking that sound out of English and not letting people pronounce their real names, it did away with their power. Another one I saw is that it's not them, but there was an Anglo-Saxon demon named Eocel, which is actually Eochel. Ah, I see. And so by getting rid of that sound, you take away his power. But yeah, that's the idea. And then fast forward to today. The idea is that basically there's a hidden group of people in the world who still remembers this sound and these ancient words, and that gives them power. And apparently you can find YouTube videos of politicians no. accidentally saying this sound. No. No, and that's it? That's a theory. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Until the power, I was going to say one. Because <laughs> the church, okay. like the Catholic church, yeah. has done way worse. Has the house found way worse excuses to fuck off, to kill people. They said, so they, they're like, oh, you want to go to heaven when you have to walk on your knees on these stairs until you repent and then we'll go to, and then you owe us money so then you can go to paradise <laughs> and you know and i was like you know what uh hiding a letter it's fun it's it's okay they, they could have done it yeah but then that this letter grants you power that's when they lose it ah damn it <laughs> well i mean a step before the power is just that it was it the real name of satan uses that letter so I don't know if that's more plausible. I like the idea that like the name of Satan is unpronounceable, right? Because yeah, yeah, exactly. So nasty and ooh, I'm Satan that you can't. Uh, yeah, you you should not say it. There's that that aspect between cultures where you have the Japanese and English, and when how like we pronounce words and the difficulty to pronounce or even interpret and hear those words. Yeah, is it can't be done, and so for something to be lost and then used as a power tool to like almost like a secret handshake, mm. and you know you'd be from that group. Mm -hmm. You know what? You're inspiring me. So if I substitute. The fact that the letter grants you power, and I def redefine the idea of power, which is not like the X-Men, but it's more like 
you get into this society that knows the language. So then you're like, you have power, like political power, etc. I'm going with one. Oh, I'm, 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 you convinced me I'm going with one. Sorry. Very nice. Very nice. And I'll post the, the, the videos apparently of like, I guess, I don't know who it is, but some politicians apparently saying this in speeches. Oh, wow. So I think they're part of this hidden group that knows this powerful sound. That's exciting. It's like when you when you're a Mormon and you meet another Mormon and you know that inside of you you have special underwear on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, are we going on to the fourth one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Alberto, how much do you know about hippies? <laughs> I mean, I bet I don't know what you know, but I I know something. Go ahead. What do you know about hippies? Hey, the uh, 1968 movement of uh, freedom and liberty and against uh, the war in Vietnam, uh, the, the greatest movement, musically speaking, these things. So I, I just want to touch on something that you just said, mm. freedom. Uh, hopefully everybody, but most of all, democracy and uh, all of us. What's the, what's the leaders of democracy in our world? The leaders of democracy is the president. So we're talking about America, right? Oh, yeah, the, the hippie movement in America. Yeah, 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 for sure. Why do you think some liberal groups that are often associated with hippieism promote this concept of freedom? Ooh. Uh, I think it's a good concept to put proper trade, you know, to move in the why. It's, it's bad. Guys, are we going in a are we are we going in a bad way of talking about freedom and democracy? I'm warning you. I'm fucking warning you. Don't fucking talk like that about freedom and democracy. Go ahead. <laughs> what could how could you create in an indirect way an entire movement to combat communism? What do you mean? Uh, hold on. Are you saying that the government created the, the hippie movement so that America the government created the hippie movement to <laughs> uh, add another step on the cold war and to make communism look even worse than it was lo was looked at prior to that some believe so and so there's this theory out there that the cia actually either indirectly purposefully or accidentally created the hippie movement by doing what and this is closely tied testing on cia operatives in attempts to because they knew that this growing communist movement was coming on and it had been growing for years and they were fighting this unknown power and the goal was to prepare their agents for any drugs or potential influencing factors that could alter their sense of reality so they started testing the things like lsd <laughs> and okay. indirectly that created people who were more susceptible to interpreting reality in a more hippie like way i love this one you guys are finding the best ones ever i'm not even triggered let's sum it up a second so the hippies were created by the cia to contrast to go against communism we still don't know if this was uh, accidental or not though correct yeah the theory here is that the hippies were accidentally or indirectly purposefully created by the cia that's good 
I'll give this a three as plausible. And I'll tell you why. Because historically speaking, this makes way more sense than the perpetration of, uh, like, of the, the continuous war of the Americans in Vietnam. The lies that American government was saying about why they could, should continue the war in Vietnam, a war they should have never continued. Um, America, the North American, the USA were so afraid of uh, communist parties rising that, for example, they left fascist governments in certain countries so that they they could uh, could deal better with communism. And for example, they were so scared of Italy being uh, we had the first biggest communist party in Europe. Italy was monitored very thoroughly by the USA and B the USA almost financed a coup d'etat in Italy with the uh, extreme right wing uh, people involved in it. Then they said, no, they stopped it. But now it, it's history. It's crazy. So this one for me, it's uh, plausible for sure. So I'm going to now add a section to this. <laughs> oh, fuck. To maintain the movement itself, you have people like Jim Morrison, Frank Zappa, Bob Dylan, all in on it because some of the people, like Frank Zappa, for example, and I guess John Phillips of the Mamas and Papas, their parents were high in the U.S. military. Hmm. That's interesting. And so they then were created to forward this movement. Guys. Hmm. Did you give this one to one, Alberto? That applies to everything in that category, right? Damn it, you guys. You always... Can't take it back. Can't take it back. You've managed to ruin the last two for me. It's always like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah, that's plausible. I give a whole speech about a history class on how communism was a thing. That it... <laughs> and then... And then you throw Jim Morrison and fucking Frank Zappa as products. That goes down. That goes down to at least a two or three. There you go. It's a three. Still pretty good. Still good. But you guys ruined it for me. Okay. I personally didn't ruin it for you. That's just what they believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we had a pretty plausible one. I'll give you another plausible one. Dinosaurs built the pyramids. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Not aliens. Wait, are, are are the dinosaurs in this one the unveiling alien species? I don't know. I don't. I haven't read the background on it in that sense. It could be. We could debate that later, maybe. Um, or were we the alien species? It's possible. <laughs> so just to set the stage, I got this from an article on a website called World News Daily Report. And the link, you know, they have linked articles on the side always. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the headlines on the side were... Florida fisherman lost at sea for 14 days claims he was sexually assaulted by mermaids. Oh. Um, Texas man admits to kidnapping 79 people to anally probe them while disguised as an alien. <laughs> Hairdresser arrested for making voodoo dolls from customers' hair. So it's a it's you know a reputable website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This comes from a guy named Professor Nabir Al Samud. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The website says he's a top Egyptologist. Shout out to prof- shout out to Professor Nabir Samud. Shout out, yeah. Well, hold hold your shout out because when I googled him, I couldn't find him. So apparently, they what sparked this is they discovered ancient papyri, um, which talked about giant beasts of burden, god beasts, beastly creatures that 
they used to carry materials for building the pyramids. Um, they had a tail that could kill the army of men and whose necks reach out to the sky. And there's a little stone carving they found, which looks like, I'll, maybe I'll post a picture somewhere, but it's basically two lions with long necks. And they said these are um, dinosaurs. And they actually discovered bones of a dinosaur in Egypt. Mm. So pretty airtight case, I'd say. So it's, <laughs> so it's not the dinosaur we think. About. No, it is. It is. It's um. So I'll say no. Basically, a brontosaurus. I understand. I mean, have you ever seen the hands of a T Rex? That thing can't fucking <laughs> pick up anything. So I don't think it's that they built it. I think it's that they carried the stones. Basically, like they used the dinosaurs to carry the stones, like the Flintstones. Exactly. The Flintstones are actually like a documentary, basically. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll say Nabir. You get um that's a pre that's a seven that's an uh, actually an eight that's batshit crazy, but thank you thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and I'm still not sure if he exists. I remember having this discussion. Imagine if we were the invading species and all of our history has been wiped for purpose of you know maintaining our culture here. That we were actually the second species that came in here that the dinosaurs were thriving and we were the invading organism that defeated the dinosaurs wiped them off the earth that's amazing so basically it's a colonialism but uh, well way larger scale yeah basically okay intergalactic scale but that's great i love that <laughs> intergalactic colonialism okay 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 uh so last one for me alberto go for it Liam. you've heard a bunch of theories and you've heard of the grand unified theory, but have you heard of the grand unified conspiracy theory? No, the one that connects them all. No, that connects everything. One of the fundamental things that we have about conspiracy theories is that there is an outside person or force that's working against the masses to control them, right? Yeah. This theory says that that force has always been here and it has taken different forms in order to keep itself undetectable to the masses. And so in this evil force that's been controlling us from the dawn of time has gone from the Knights Templar to the Babylonian Brotherhood to the Freemasons to the Catholic Church and the Illuminati and so on. And whenever they feel like they're potentially getting figured out, they shift. They move into a new group. Mm. Oh, they're adaptable. So, okay, okay, okay. And that's the theory. The grand theory is that from the dawn of, of, of literature, our ability to like store our information down, they've been working and trying to find ways to conceal themselves. This is just a theory that connects them all. It's like the glue for all the theories but it's not like a theory where the conspiracy theory here is that the working force against us is actively changing forms and changing their title or names and we're we're as are figuring them out and then they move on to a different group they're always working against the masses to control them that's the theory not the fact that there's been these individual theories about certain groups throughout history. No, I don't believe that one. I think the struggle of power, such as is in real life, it is also for 
them, the ones, the people are up ahead of us. So I believe that there's not only one, there can be only one force. Like there has to be some kind of internal battle through the forces. Probably somebody put Trump just to fuck with the, somebody else, one of the big other ones was trying to fuck over one of those uh, groups and he put some implanted uh, work against them, you know, something like that. No, I need I think the power struggle is real. I'll give this uh because like what you gave us gave me. Wait, hold up before you vote. I want to I want to add something now. Oh god, there's also a second another second. <laughs> <laughs> what if I said that the people in the background, these adapting people, yeah, were shape-shifting okay. <laughs> lizard-like aliens. <laughs> Why don't you guys say the whole thing? There we go. Why do you always have to wait until I work my way through it, <laughs> I, I talk like a normal person, and then you put fucking aliens in the whole thing? There, we broke them. Damn it. It like took it nine took, theories, but we got it. It took the nine theories, and then you had to... Uh, why do you wait? Why do you wait to tell me the whole thing? Just tell me everything. Just tell me everything. I don't put the 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 the, the, the number, and then I have to regret everything I said. God. <laughs> uh, okay, so lizard lizard people wizards. I think you said right. Are lizard people grand unified conspiracy of the lizard people? I think they were wizards, right, Liam? Sorry, no lizards. The reptilian... Oh, I heard wizards. Oh, that makes way more sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it matters at this point, but yeah, lizards, wizards. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, that's 10 then. That's 10 now. That's a 10. Nice. 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 <laughs> that's a 10 because of that. All right. I think an inverse of that is probably real. Like, instead of it being a different group that shapeshifts over time... It's that humans just have a tendency to imagine this group, and the group that they imagine changes over time. Yeah. I think that's pretty plausible. I mean, yeah, it's pl- it's pretty plausible. <laughs> okay, ready for the last one? Yeah. So, since we are a movie podcast, <laughs> I wanted to involve a movie in some way. So, this is the Darth Jar Jar theory. Do you know this one, Alberto? Uh, I might know this one. Go ahead. Okay. And as I was reading this one, this one actually convinced me. I think this is the, the most mm-hmm. plausible one of the ones I read. And this all comes from a Reddit post by a guy named Lumparoo. Ah, yes. Lumparoo. <laughs> so just to give him credit, maybe we can... From uh, Hobbitland, right? Or from uh, Middle Earth, right? <laughs> yeah, from the Hollow Earth, I think. From the <laughs> middle of the Earth, yeah. From the middle of the Earth. So basically the theory is that all of Jar Jar's like, idiocy is a front that he puts on. And he's actually a powerful Sith dark side warrior um, and the evidence that Lumparoo proposes is that one Jar Jar is a very skilled warrior in episode one for example he kills a bunch of battle droids he takes down an entire tank um, there's that scene where he has a blaster like stuck to his foot for some reason and then as he flops around he shoots different droids so these things that kind of look like luck but Lumparoo says he's actually using the force to make them happen he seems to be able to influence people to make them do whatever he wants so he gets Qui-Gon to bring him with them on their mission through the planet core he gets captain tarples to make him a general he convinces the whole senate to give palpatine emergency powers so they're all pretty key plot points and every time he does one of those 
he moves his hands. So Lumperu says that that's him like doing the typical Jedi mind trick. Part of this theory is that it's not just these random events, but that this all kind of fits into Palpatine's overall plot. Like he gets attached to Qui-Gon. He actually causes an accident that brings Anakin into the group. Um, so all of this kind of furthers Palpatine's plan. But the bit of this that I think makes it really plausible is that Lumperu points out that, so basically, so Jar Jar's acting like an idiot and we're going to find out that he's actually a powerful warrior, which is exactly what happened with Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, where he shows up as kind of a goofy guy and we turn, it turns out that it's just a front that he's putting on. So the idea was that... Oh, yeah. Right? So the idea was Jar Jar was basically the dark side version of Yoda, just that instead of it being revealed in the same movie, it was going to reveal, be revealed in episode two or three. But the theory is that George sort of backed out of that when the fan reaction to Jar Jar was so negative. Yeah, George backed out of that, sure. Yeah. Not the producer who invested a millions of dollars. <laughs> and then saw episode one, they're like, no, this is no. Uh, this is not gonna happen. I personally love Star Wars theories, especially The Last Jedi, and that it's the greatest film ever. That episode's coming up. That's gonna be so good. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get there with another episode. Well, this kind of ties into this. Sorry, the um, the original version's theory was before Episode Eight came out, and spoilers, obviously, but it's been a while. The theory was that Jar Jar was gonna turn out to be Snoke, and that it's a that it was gonna be this long con that came for Episode One. You know, I mean, it could still be a long con. We don't know when episode 10 is going to come out. No, Liam, Liam, that's... that's, that's just th- stop it. That the true puppet master was the puppet master of the puppet master. Oh! Third level puppet master. Evil conceals itself, just like in the grand theory, Alberto. Yeah, oh yeah. The... Always changing forms. <laughs> yeah. And Jar Jar is kind of a lizard, if you think about it. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's all like, it's all a documentary again on, on yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I will give this a one. Super plausible. And I can give you exactly what, because Liam is the dreamer. And I know that he has uh, way more great, good ideas than the actual studios have. Thank you. And I can give, and this is why I said that I, I'm very realistic, and this is what happened. Probably George Lucas had that idea. And then he didn't say anything in episode one because they gave him creative liberty. Then he presented episode one, and then he said what he was going to do in episode two. Probably the studio was like, no, this is really dumb. Stop it. (laughs) So he didn't have time to continue his great idea. So he did episode two which is probably the worst one ever. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is the worst one ever, because he had to rewrite everything. Mm. That's another part of the theory that Dooku was made up very late in the game because it was originally going to be Jar Jar. And then he just had to add someone else in at last minute. And that's why Dooku's kind of so boring. How dark is that when you think about it? Not the the way it went. But if that was the case and Jar Jar was actually working the entire time, that big reveal to children, to people who actually were attracted to Jar Jar, I'm not talking about the adult generation who criticized him or the people who thought that he was slightly racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slightly. But that kids grew up with Jar Jar, this lovable character who's just goofing off in the background, ended up being the true villain of the entire prequel trilogy that is really dark that would have been super dark yeah mind-blowing i would have loved it i mean yeah it would have been good 
The thing that really got me was the comparison to Yoda, because that's pretty convincing. It is, actually. No, but, like, as you said, like, it would have been... I think even the blow would have been too hard for kids. Probably that's why they backtracked on Mm -hmm. it. And it would have been intelligent to a certain extent, but they had to make it properly, you know? It had to be a slow reveal and not like, a, yeah. oh, it was me all along. Boo! In the last movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now the second part of this theory no. is that George Lucas is actually a robot octopus. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, now go back, since we've done all ten theories, which theory do you think was made up? All right, so we uh, I'll give the names that I made up. So we got number one. Frozen Disney head tells people not to search the internet. I don't think that was it. Number two, Otto the Third stops your count for 300 years. Poisonous government snow number three. Hollow Earth 1740. Number five, naughty hot redhead aliens. Number six, the 27th letter in English. Number seven, Hippies created by the CIA. <laughs> Number eight. Nabir Al-Samud. <laughs> I feel so bad if he actually exists and is a respected Egyptologist. <laughs> Nabir Al-Samud, also known as T-Rex Build Pyramids. Um, Number nine. Grand Unified Conspiracy of the Lizard. Number ten. Dark Jar Jar. What did you guys create? Okay, guess mine first. So I'm I'm the even ones. Guess which one you think I created? Otto the third, Hollow Earth, twenty seventh letter, Nabir Al Samud, Dark Charger. Did you create the twenty seventh letter in English? I did. Yes. Good guess. That was the one plausible. <laughs> yes, I got that one. <laughs> Good job, man. I love how the one you created is the most plausible one that we gave. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. This is a great movie. <laughs> Thank you. So just for the listeners, everything about that was made up. There was never any letter or anything like that. Really? I don't want to spread any misinformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The congratulations. That's a beautiful theory. Wow. Holy Thank you. Thank you. You should write a book with uh, Nabir Al-Samud when you find him. <laughs> 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 All right. Liam, you got... Disney head, don't search the internet. Poisonous governments, no. Naughty hot redhead aliens. Hippies and the CIA. I think this was actually real. I will go with the Nordic uh, naughty aliens. No, that's real. No. What's what's yours? Do you have a second guess? Keep guessing. I'm going to go with, if, if I had to get a second guess, it's the... Poisonous governments, no. No, that's real too. Are you kidding me? What's yours? I didn't make up one. You didn't make up one? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that they're all real? Like they're all they're all real. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to find the most ridiculous ones out there. And then I was hoping that you were thinking with doubt all the way through. <laughs> well, I mean, man, I, I don't know if you guys uh if, consider this a success, but you guys tricked me in believing that one, the only one that you guys created was actually plausible. So, <laughs> kudos to you. Like, yeah, congrats, guys. Wow. 
you know what? Let's uh, dive into what uh, Dave was saying because let's get a bit serious again. Dave, you were saying to us that you divided your conspiracy theories into two categories, right? Yeah, I guess it's the the fun ones that don't have too much of an effect on our daily life. And then the dangerous ones, like the wearing a mask can give you COVID. Those ones that are affect your daily lives and are actually dangerous. I've been reading on a lot of articles and papers on when conspiracy theories take shape and hold power. Often they come out of periods of globalized trauma or an experience of trauma that can be relatable. And so right now we may see a high incident of conspiracy theories, something like a pandemic, because there's a lot of people suffering right now, economically, physically in some aspects. And so we have this tendency to go towards as an individual, but also as a collective species. There's explanations for why we're in our current state. What, what pattern recognition does is it, it serves as a useful tool for us on a daily basis, right? It allows us to independently and collectively make decisions that keep us alive. It can also then be detrimental when it's not kept under check because if we can't explain something logically, we try and find a simple solution for why. And our tendency is towards that, well, someone above me is dictating to me my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are basically connecting these dots that we're just missing a lot of information and they want to make sense of it. And so they come up with these kind of crazy ideas to knit it all together. But for example, it's kind of a coping mechanism that we have. It's uh, the idea, I can't remember what it is, the um, trying to make sense of the chaos which human beings are prone to do every time, right? Like, for example, I was standing before the Kennedy assassination, right? It's more tough to realize that there was a lone gunman that killed the president because that's pure chaos. And the event is so traumatic that then conspiracy theories are created to explain it, right? Yeah. Especially considering it was televised, right? Yeah, but it's all about the what I uh, the epistemics of it, like trying to understand one environment, right? Well, I'm trying to make a sense out of it, which is the epistemological idea. So uh, the other one, for example, was Ronald Reagan attempted assassination. Ronald Reagan was shot but was not killed so the event was less traumatic so there's no conspiracy theories about that mm, that's interesting because nothing happened mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah and another thing that i think you guys have hinted on is this idea of agency detection that as humans we're we're kind of primed to see agency in our environment so for example when something falls off our desk we might not think oh that just fell on its own someone must have pushed it so we've kind of evolved to see thinking agents all over the world. And so that applies to these conspiracies where we have these different events taking place and we think, oh, there must be some force behind them that's purposefully putting it all into place. And there were studies that showed that the tendency to anthropomorphize things in your environment, so to see like plants or pets as having agency, that's actually related to people's tendency to believe in conspiracy theories. And same for pattern recognition that you were talking about earlier, Liam. There were and you talked about how people are sort of making sense of noise. There was a study where people were presented with random coin flips. And to the extent that they thought there was some sort of pattern in the coin flips that predicted them 
them endorsing conspiracy theories. I, I didn't want to go there, but I'll go there because I'm very provocative. Some religions exist. You know, the majority of religions exist because of that. It's trying to make sense out of everything. It's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, but it's trying to make sense. I, but this is the thing. Religions are not harmful. They're like the idea of a religion, the idea of, uh, of a god, of something that... Mm-hmm. And it's finding agency as well. It's also seeing agency where there might not be agency. Because conspiracy theories might not be like that way, but for example, religions instead are. And one example, this uh, philosopher, this I think it was a chemist or philosopher, W.K. Clifford, that said that you should not believe anything that has lack of evidence. And so he wrote this whole debate about how this is the factuality is the basis of reality. Be, uh, I quote him, it is wrong always and everywhere for anyone to believe anything upon insufficient evidence. And this is the idea of epistemics. There's also some kind of uh, to do this. This makes you a good person. Idea of morality inside that. I honestly don't agree completely with it because, for example, that uh, that, then that makes religions difficult to understand. And there was another philosopher who replied to him saying, to the defense of his religion, the belief itself was evidence enough of something being true sometimes. If I believe it so intensely, and a group of people believes it so intensely, it must be true. Right. So your own belief becomes evidence for it? Some people would criticize that of cyclic logic, but I'm not a, I'm not as against of cyclic logic because I think it's innately human. I'm also... I, I almost get my back up against the concept of objective truth. And when it's evidence-based, that then, therefore, it is truthful. When we know, as I think we would class all of ourselves as scientists, that theories aren't ingrained in stone. And that theories are testable, and evidence is interpreted at the moment, right? With the, the, the knowledge of that moment. And so it can be interpreted differently. And so anything that is objectively true is almost used as a power we create this system that seems to disenfranchise people who have opinions of a particular topic and that their opinions don't matter, which then f- creates movements mm-hmm. of disenfranchised people who don't get to have their say in outcomes to come up with these outlandish claims that then have followings because then people get a voice. The other philosopher was actually William James. Uh, uh, this other guy who's, who I quote said... When you adopt a belief, you have options. And the nature of those options can basically determine the moral defensibility of the beliefs you end up holding. So basically, the belief itself makes it real. But then how you use that belief, you can defend it through the, the things that you're doing, you know? So is, it, is that sort of the idea? I do good things, therefore the belief that's making me do the good things must be true? Yeah, it's interesting to think about the cognitive biases that are under these tendencies to believe in conspiracy theories. There's like some kind of confirmation bias to it, where if we're trying to explain it and we have this tendency that, you know, someone's working against us, we look up and find that out on the internet now, there's people talking about this, that there's these groups or this activity that's occurring that isn't relatively well known that explains why it's happening to you. And then that becomes your source of knowledge and 
there's no more questioning because you found someone who's experienced it the same way as you. Collectively, you guys are sharing your knowledge and that truth becomes a reality. And a good example I saw for this idea of confirmation bias is in relation to numerology and all these um, these examples where people say, you know, the length of each side of the Pyramid of Giza is related to, I don't know, the number of verses in the Bible. I'm just making that up, but that kind of relationship. What people point out is that you sort of could have chosen any number from the Pyramid of Giza and any measurement unit and connecting it to anything, but you're kind of focusing on the one that happens to work out. And that's that's this idea of confirmation bias. And another one I came across that I thought was really interesting was this idea that humans are kind of primed to detect social alliances because for much of our history we've kind of been in these small bands that had these coalitions and leaders and, and that kind of thing and so it's enhanced our ability to survive to detect social alliances that might be out to get us and i guess getting them or protecting yourself before they can get you and so this ties into this idea of seeing you know this hidden network of illuminati or, or lizard people or whatever we're saying this hidden alliance that's working against you. And so what I think is interesting about all these things we've been talking about is that belief in conspiracy theories might come out of these cognitive biases that we've evolved that have helped us survive in the past, but that now when they're applied to modern life, they can kind of lead us astray, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a good one. Ego plays a, fact, a role into it too, because then all of a sudden I'm knowledgeable of that and I can be like in an in-group that is watchful and is self-aware. Totally. And that reminded me of something um, in that Flat Earth documentary. One thing that I really took away from that is that all these people who believe in Flat Earth, that's really their social group. Other people who also believe in it, they're in-group like you were saying. So for them to back off of that idea means basically losing all of their friends and their the things they do after work. Um, and so that's a huge force that's keeping them entrenched in that idea, all these social these social elements as well. People who are highly susceptible to conspiracy theories are also highly narcissistic. Really? And that kind of ties closely in with the dispositional favoritism versus situational, is then they feel that somehow the world is working against them or some power is working against them and that it actually just doesn't have anything to do with random chance. Mm. Like this is not what creates the conspiracy theory itself. These are the consequences of the conspiracy theory, that the beliefs you have, right? Yeah, this is a correlation. It's not a causation. It's just what they see with people who may um, be susceptible to believe in conspiracy theories as being true. If I was to suggest something for the um, conspiracy theory, you people should watch... Uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1977. It's a beautiful movie. I rewatched it lately, and it really gives you the idea of uh, some force working against you. It's really interesting, psychologically speaking. You got one, uh, Liam? Yeah, I got one. Uh, one of my favorite quotation marks documentaries to watch is Unacknowledged. It's also on Netflix, I believe, or Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's really fun and. And it comes at the existence and knowledge of extraterrestrial life on Earth in an indirect way. I'm not fully convinced, but at the same time, I love the arguments. It's a really good one, actually. You guys should watch it. If people want to watch that Flat Earth documentary I talked about, it's called Behind the Curve. And I think it's on Netflix now. 
All right, so that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, thanks to everybody who's doing this podcast. Hopefully we're going to do something soon. We'll see. In the meantime, take care and thank you, Dave. Thank you, Liam. And thank you, Alberto. Thank you, Alberto. <laughs> Have a good life. See ya. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you really enjoyed the episode, maybe you could tell someone about us or leave us a review. If you want to get in touch, we're on Twitter and Instagram at 3 pod. And if you want to send us an email that we might read on a future episode, our address is 3 pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This is all staying in, right? So David and I have another conspiracy theory. It's that every other podcast in existence isn't by real people, but it's automatically generated. It's like an AI thing. And we're the only podcast with real people in the world. Because only we know that we're real. Have you ever met another podcaster? And do you think all these celebrities have the time to make a podcast? No, you're right. That's I should check that out. <laughs>